Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you leading us in our mission work. God bless you. Uh, I just want to make one correction. I agree with everything Steve said, except for one thing. If it's 1158 and you got money to give, wake her up. <laughs> she said she loves her job. We've got some cash. We got chips. We can wake her up to be unapologetic about it. Yeah, that's what you need to do. But there's some online opportunities. You can put a check in the in the plate this morning when we pass it, or you can wake her up. Tom won't care. He said he'll be up anyway, so come on over there. They live in Willow Park. They live right over there. <laughs> I want to thank you for praying for the Brewers this past year. Amy's doing really well. We're thankful for that. And man, I, I'm feeling really good. Uh, the doctor told me it'd take me a couple weeks uh, after I finished the radiation. And it sure took two weeks, but I'm, I'm feeling good. I think radiation is extra hard on old, fat, bald men. So uh, I'm very thankful, but I feel very, very good today. I feel better today. I felt in over a year. So I just it's amazing how you're not feeling good. Thank you. It's amazing how when you don't feel good for a long time, it becomes normal. And all of a sudden, you start feeling good and say, man, how did I function? I mean, that's all I want to say about that. Thank you for your mission given. That's a wonderful thing. So 2024, I'm going to be Captain Obvious today, and I'm going to tell you something that you know, but you might not be thinking about. No one knows what 2024 is going to be like for them. No one knows. We don't know that it's not going to be the best year we've had in years, and we don't know that it's not going to be the worst year that we've had in years. We just don't know. A matter of fact, probably if you were to take everything that has happened in 2023 in your life, and if you knew that on you know January the 1st, 2023, you might not leave your house, right, if you put them all together. But we don't know what's going to happen in 2024. We can't really control things, obviously. Not really. We don't control anything. We don't control our circumstances. We can't control what's going to happen to us. But we can choose up front how we're going to respond. And today I want to challenge you either to respond like Ebenezer, the town Ebenezer, the concept of the Ebenezer from Scripture, or Ichabod. Now, Matt talked to you about Ebenezer being that stone of help that reminds you of what the Lord has done. Ichabod is the opposite. And I think that we as believers, we choose either Ichabod or we choose Ebenezer. We're, we're never in the between with that, seems like. And Jesus says, you're either with me or against me. And so maybe there's no middle ground with our position, with our our position to our spiritual walk with Christ and how we're going to respond here in 2024. So let's talk about our response. Let's, let's look at some scriptures in Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. Very important if true. Very, very important. If Alexander Kinglake gets his answer to this question, this is very, very important if true. And if Ephesians is true, then what we're going to read today and talk about is very, very important. 
Verse 25, Ephesians 4, verse 25. We're going to primarily camp on 30, 31, and 32 verses, but there's some good lessons that, that gives us a little different uh, context here in verse 25. Therefore, because, and the therefore is because of what I've just said, and it talks about what the walk in Christ is like what it means to believe in Jesus, what it means to follow him and walk in him. And he says, therefore, in verse 25, having put away all falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. As believers in Christ, we are family. We should speak truth. It needs to be the truth, not our opinion. Really important. Speak truth to one another, for we're members of one another. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. This says that we need to be really careful about what we get angry about. If, if we get angry about what is called righteous indignation, then let that catapult you. Let that motivate you to serve God with all your heart. But be careful what you get bent out of shape about in 2024. Don't get sideways about the wrong stuff. Be angry, yet don't sin, is what this scripture is telling us. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let your anger be sin. Let it be righteous. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Good advice from the Word of God, important or true. Don't go to, don't, don't go to sleep angry. Get out of bed, get on your knees, and settle it. Be sure that your heart is right when you sleep. Help you sleep better. Get right with, with family members. Get right with friends. Get right with people before you go to sleep. Be angry and don't sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. That's, it's really important that we take care of these toxic emotions every single 24-hour period. We don't need to let them carry over. When toxic emotions, when toxic perceptions, attitudes, and, and behaviors, when they carry over, they begin to carry us, and they begin to control us. So be angry and do not sin, righteous indignation only. Do not let the sun down, go down your anger. And, and verse 27 is, and give no opportunity to the devil. That's really important. He's like a roaring lion. He waits to, and, and the side of the road looking for someone to devour. Don't give him ammunition. Don't give him opportunity. Just guard yourself against that nasty rascal. Don't give him an opportunity and let no thief, in verse 28, let no, the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. Don't, don't give in easily to the works of Satan. Fight it. Resist it. The Bible says in the book of James that if we resist, he will flee from us. You got to resist. Don't let him have opportunity. And then we see here that we have the responsibility that we are to rather let him work for it. And then we need to just do honest work with our own hands and, and so that uh, we may have something to share with everyone in need. So... In battle, in crisis, work, stay focused, stay diligent. That's what the application of verse 29 is for us here. And the reason is so that we can give to the, 
Christmas offering every year so that we can give to meet people's needs, so that we can be involved in positive, that we can be involved in helping. That's where we need to be. You see, these toxic emotions takes us away from being in a good place that we can help other people. And obviously, Jesus Christ wants us always to be helping other people. Verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And so we don't need to be careless with our speech. We need to be honorable with our speech. That we're, when we're careless with our speech, we're giving the devil an opportunity to cause lots of havoc and problems. For 2024, let verses 30, 31, and 32 particularly really imprint in your heart. Let it guide your path. Verse 30. And in addition to what has just been discussed, right? In addition, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. If you are going to choose Ebenezer over Ichabod, you are going to choose not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, that's an interesting idea in it. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And this personality of God can be grieved. We also know in Scripture that the Holy Spirit can be quenched. And we also know that we can be out of step with the Holy Spirit because the Bible tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit, not to quench the Holy Spirit, and it tells us to be in step with the Spirit so we can be out of step with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit being God and God being the Holy Spirit is an interesting thing. How can God be weak? That would be the perspective of that, to getting this misunderstood. Well, to have emotion is not weak. And so that's the understanding. The Holy Spirit can be, the personality of the Holy Spirit can be grieved, can be quenched, and we can be out of step with the Holy Spirit because it's the heart of God that through a love relationship, we choose to follow him. He wants that. That's what brings him glory. So it's his choice. He's almighty God, certainly. We, we can go through that big discussion, does God need us or not, but, and all those kind of things. But the truth of the matter is God wants us. And so we can grieve the Holy Spirit. To grieve the Holy Spirit means that we live in a way that grieves him, to grieve, to, 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 to have sorrow, to have, you know, why are my children behaving this way? To quench the Holy Spirit. The idea of quenching the Holy Spirit is like pouring water on a fire. The Holy Spirit is a fire. By our choices, by our decisions, by our behavior, we're either stoking the Holy Spirit, stoking the fire in us, or we're quenching the fire in us. And we can be in step or out of step with the Holy Spirit. I enjoy seeing those videos of the Marine 
drill team that throw those rifles back and forth. And all of them, did you know that all of them are six foot tall? All of them look about the same. When they're in boot camp, they look at those guys and, and they find the ones that physically fit this deal. They go to them and see if they have the aptitude to be one of those guys. And, and they just walk so imperfect, just in, in step with each other. And that's what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to be in step with the Holy Spirit with what matters to the Holy Spirit, with what the Holy Spirit is doing, with what the Holy Spirit is passionate about, that we as his children are in step. So, choose up front in 2024 to not grieve the Holy Spirit, but rather please the Holy Spirit. The next verse, verse 31. Let all, let all, not some, not what you can deal with, not just partial. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander, five things, be put away from you. Then the sixth thing, along with all malice. All right. Now, these are stepped. This goes from... from a smaller amount to a larger amount of toxic perspective, behavior, attitude, sin. Let all bitterness, well, we know what bitterness is. Bitterness is when we allow to be offended and we allow it to hang on a little while. We get bitter, bitter about this, bitter about that. And so get rid of all bitterness, wrath. Now, wrath and anger and bitterness, and clamor, and malice, they're all closely related, right? They all come from being offended, being hurt, being misunderstood, perhaps, or being, be, being disrespected. And, and we allow that e toxic emotion of anger that leads to sin. And it begins to build up. And that first step is bitterness. That second step often is wrath. And, and this is more like a low, simmering, just, just, a, just a, a presence of being discontent. You know, we're discontent. We're, we might be happy through most time, and then the boss walks in, and all of a sudden, you know, wrath begins to take a hold. This is different than God's wrath in, in the release of it, and it's the same as God's wrath in the release of it, that slow, simmering anger. I like to think about what the, the word here for wrath means. It's like a diesel engine. The diesel engine can run all day, right, at a real low RPM, and you can drive down the highway at 50 miles an hour with a lower RPM than you can in that, that gas engine. And so that wrath is just like a low simmering rumble that is just underneath everything. And then anger is like a souped up 454, four barrel Holly, super Chevelle or whatever in the old days. You ever drove a 454 engine? I got to drive one once. It'll run, boy. It'll move. It'll also burn one mile to a gallon. But those days... You know, it was 30 cents for a gallon, so you went ahead and got on it. That's anger. 
It is a great impulse burst of venom. It just, you explode. You explode. All these grieve the Holy Spirit. And then there's clamor. Clamor. This is loud spoken vile. That's the idea of it. Clamor. Clamor is being loud. Clamor is being loud and obnoxious. Clamor is being loud, obnoxious, and, and nuts. My dad, my dad has, still has, is still there. In his back porch, he bought a sign somewhere that said, your village called and they want the idiot back. Now, that doesn't make any sense to you about what I'm talking about, the clamor, but it makes sense to me. Let me tell you why. In, in the late uh, 70s, in my freshman and sophomore, well, my freshman year lasted three years, so in, in, my, in my freshman year and, and should have been sophomore year of, of uh, college, I refereed some basketball. My dad refereed basketball all his life. He did, he did college games and, and big high school games. But, but, you know, I started, I did junior high games. I, I did JV games, freshman games my first year. My second year, they started giving me class B and class A varsity games. And, and I was really nervous. I was going to referee in Menard, Menard, and I think they were playing wall. It was like a non-conference game early in the season. And my dad said, are you nervous about this? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous. And uh, he said, well, you know, down at Menard, it gets pretty rough. They're pretty serious about their basketball. And I said, all right. He said, listen, here's what you do. He said, the first five seconds of the game, the village idiot announces themselves. I said, what do you mean? He said, every town's got one. Every village has got one. And they're the first to scream. You blow your whistle one time. It don't matter how you blow it, when you blow it, what you blow it for. It doesn't matter if you're absolutely right. The village idiot is going to announce themselves. And I said, all right. He said, find that village idiot. Look up there in the crowd. Don't let him bother you. Find that village idiot and recognize that he's it. And then go on about your business and don't let him bother you. Because the rest of them are not quite like him. They're going to come in later. Now, I swore it was a charge. At the end of the game... It's tight. The place is packed, that little small gym in Menard. And, and I mean, I was, I was for sure it was a charge. And I blew my whistle, and I gave that signal to send the ball the other way. The, that Menard had turned the ball over, and there's only a few seconds to go, and, and they were down a point or something like that. And you would have thought that I had killed their dog. It rumbled in there, and the village idiot lost his mind. And he was running down, and he was yelling at me from the, the front uh, row of the, of the benches in there. And I kid you not, a sheriff escorted me and the guy that was refereeing with me nearly all the way to Eden to get us home without them village idiots killing us. Clamor. That's clamor. That's clamor. 
If you look at the little buzz, you know what clamor is. I looked at it for a while, no more. There, there's one particular guy, and I pray the Lord that that one particular family, they're the only family in eastern Parker County that never come to our church. He is a clamorer. He's against everything, and he's louder than everyone. And it doesn't matter what it is. It can be the train tracks. It can be white trucks. They don't like white trucks. You know that, right? They don't like white one tons or three-quarter tons. They don't like them. If you have a white truck, buy a red one. They seem to get along with that a little better. And, and, but you see, I see him all the time when I was looking at the thing going, he clamors. The village idiot. Boy, that's rough, ain't it? But that's what that word means. That's what that word means. Do not clamor. Lord's people, be careful what you get mad about. Be careful what grieves the Holy Spirit. And for certain, do not lose your mind over stuff that doesn't matter. Now, if you're going to be angry, it needs to be righteous, right? Don't be angry in sin. That's what the scripture says. But absolutely, get angry over sin. Get angry over injustice. Get angry over things that really, truly affect eternal life. But don't get angry about the train. Don't get angry about white trucks. Don't get angry about the, the, the diner or the, or the throwing rocks at a TV or at the Jakes or whatever it is, is the, is the clamoring topic of the week. We're not to be like that. That grieves the Holy Spirit. It grieves the Holy Spirit when God people do that. Grieves the Holy Spirit. Instead, look at verse 32. He gives us three things to do that pleases the Holy Spirit. First one, be kind to one another. Now, there you go. It's, it's not difficult. It's not complicated. It's simple. Number one, be kind to one another. In all things, be kind to one another. It pleases the Holy Spirit. Second, be tenderhearted. Man, that means that your heart is softened. It is, you're a teachable. You're, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to mature love in you. And, and you learn to love, and you grow in love, and, and the dosage of love increases when you're tenderhearted. That pleases the Holy Spirit. When, when you fight the work of the Holy Spirit in you to cause you to be tenderhearted, man, that grieves the Holy Spirit. And then the last thing he says here is, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. How do we forgive? Like Jesus forgave us, like God in Christ has forgiven us. That's complete, absolute, no strings attached forgiveness. So three things pleases the Holy Spirit, being kind to one another, being tenderhearted, growing in love, increasing the doses of love, and forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Ebenezer, 
or Ichabod is our choice that I'm presenting to you today. Matt talked about it just a little bit, but let me go back and, 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 and kind of get a little of the basics down here. In the first three or four chapters of 1 Samuel, Samuel comes along, of course, and but in the first of the story, there's a priest named Eli. Eli has two sons, Phinehas and Hophni. Now, they struggle with the Philistines. Still going on, but they struggled with the Philistines back then. The first battle happened at Ebenezer, the little village, little town called Ebenezer. And the Israelites got whipped. They got whipped the second round too. Now, losing two battles to the Philistines, it was, you know, emotionally disruptive to the Israelites. But probably the most significant thing that happened was they also not only lost the battle, they lost the Ark of the Covenant. Now, there's another story about the people who live in the villages where they kept the Ark of the Covenant. Woo, that was rough on them. I'm talking about sores and boils coming over them and deaths. It was, you just read that and go, man, get rid of the Ark of the Covenant first. It, the Ark of the Covenant's got to go back to the Israelites. But after this battle, this Ebenezer battle, Phinehas and Hophni are killed. And the runner goes back and tells Eli, the priest, that he's lost his two sons in the battle. And Eli is old and heavy, it says. And he was sitting on a wall listening to the uh, messenger tell them that his two children had died, that they had lost the ark and they had lost the battle. And he fell over and broke his neck. Now, the Bible tells us that Eli had lost control of his family and he had compromised truth. He had compromised righteous living. It also says that Phinehas and Hophni were worthless. Literally says worthless. No account people. That's what they were. And so there was sin from the leadership among the Israelites and there was sin among the Israelites. And so God subdued them with losing the ark and losing the battle. Now, when the word gets back to town that Phinehas was killed, Phinehas' wife had just delivered a child. And she named him Ichabod. Now, please don't name any of your children Ichabod. Not because it sounds icky. <laughs> Ichabod, the word Ichabod means the Lord has departed. Can you imagine naming your child Ichabod because you've lost the Ark of the Covenant, you've lost your father, and the Lord has departed? Now, that is the same thing as quenching the Holy Spirit, walking out of step with the Holy Spirit, and grieving the Holy Spirit. 
Ichabod. The Lord has departed. The glory of the Lord has left. We are not going to live under the blessings of God. We are not living under the, the power of God because of our choices. And Ephesians tells us what to do. Get rid of all the anger. Get rid of all the clamor. Get rid of all the bitterness. Get rid of these things that are toxic in our life so that we can please the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, I'm going to tell you right up front, I don't understand all this that I'm telling you today to do. I just believe that God's Word says this is what we do, so this is why we do it. Can God work when we're angry? Yes. Does God work sometimes when we're angry? Yes. Does He work in bitterness? Of course He does. Can He bring about His glory when we're out of sorts and out of step with the Holy Spirit? Yes. But, but that's not our deal. That's not where our mind needs to be. We are to do the things we know for sure the Lord's told us to do. And I know for sure that he's told us to get rid of all the toxicity. We are to not grieve the Holy Spirit. And we are to love one another, be kind to each other, be tenderhearted. And we are to forgive people the way we have been forgiven. And if we do that, we are pleasing the Holy Spirit and in 2024, I reckon we need to please the Holy Spirit and be right with God and, and, and be his, his vessel of blessing in this world. Now, they won the third battle because Samuel, he stood up and he gave a, a real clear, challenging message from the Lord. And basically it says, y'all got to change. Y'all got to grow up. We got to quit all this lollygagging that's going on. And we need to get right with God, confess our sin, repent of our sin. If we're ever going to experience the blessing of the Lord again, we got to get right with God. We got to quit grieving the Holy Spirit, in other words. We got to quit quenching the Holy Spirit. We got to learn to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. The people responded and they won the battle and he ordered the building of an off, of, uh, idol, I mean an uh, altar. And the building of the altar, he called it Ebenezer. The word Ebenezer means the stone of help. And so as Matt said earlier, a time, a place in your life that you are absolutely sure this is the place where the Lord helped us. We experienced him. We experienced his might. We experienced his power. And we build for ourselves a spiritual marker, a marker. That's what we sang about this morning. In 2024, our choice is pretty clear. We choose Ichabod or we choose Ebenezer. We choose grieving the Holy Spirit, quenching the Holy Spirit, or walking out of step with the Holy Spirit, or we choose that as far as it depends upon me, as far as it depends on you, we will please the Holy Spirit. We will please the Holy Spirit. And see what the Lord does. So I'm challenging you, I'm asking you, choose up front. You don't know what 2024 is going to be like. You can't control it. You can't manipulate it. We have no idea, but we can decide up front how we're going to respond 
to 2024. Choose Ebenezer. Choose Ebenezer. Lord, we ask your blessing, ask your guidance this morning. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that your Holy Spirit will show us what we need to see, what we need to know. And Lord, that we will just respond faithfully to you. Lord, help us to be a right mind, right heart. Help us to be positioned right in our will, in our resolve, in our conviction, in our devotion, in our heart for you. Lord, help us to be kind to one another. Help us through your power to be tenderhearted, to grow in love. And help us, Lord, to forgive others the way you have forgiven us in Christ. Lord, it looks to me in this scripture we read today that that pleases you. That pleases your spirit. And Lord, you just might honor it. And we might see more of you than perhaps we ever have. Just pray, God, your will be done and may your spirit move. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we're going to take up the offering as we always do, but also Matt and and. And the doctor here is going to lead us in in the song. And if you would like to come to the altar and pray, if you would like to go and forgive someone that you need to, go do it. You know, whatever response the Holy Spirit has placed on your heart today, just just respond with obedience, whatever that is. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Ushers, please come for the offering. And if you'd like to come and spend some time before the Lord, please do. Lead us.